Welcome to Healthcare Du Jour, where we dish up and digest the latest in healthcare. For the next 30 minutes, sit back as we bring you insight, commentary, and discussion on trending topics to the table, all expertly served up by our host and his guests. Healthcare Du Jour is brought to you by Carium, the telehealth platform enabling healthcare's digital transformation, helping you care for people within the fabric of their daily lives. Now, here's your host, Matt. Fisher. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us as we dive into the hottest topics in healthcare. I'm your host, Matt Fisher. On the menu today is Brian Fugere, Chief Product Officer at Simpler. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Good morning. Yeah, so, Brian, what I always like to do before getting into the main part of the discussion is give my guests a chance to provide more of an introduction in terms of who they are and what they do. So, the floor is yours. Oh, great. Hey, thanks. Uh, so, I'm the Chief Product Officer at Simpler. Uh, we are a healthcare operations company. Um, We started 15 years ago or so with vendor credentialing as our primary focus and then have grown uh, organically and through a bunch of acquisitions. And now we play in that healthcare operations space. Uh, Our goal is really to, uh, if we do our jobs well, we enable caregivers to spend more time giving care. And so uh, everything that we do is focused on the efficiency and efficacy of the hospital operations staff. So what first got you into the healthcare industry? Uh, You know, a long time ago, I was at AOL um, during the height of AOL's time as the internet and then um, left there and went to Stryker of all places, the big orthopedic company. And I helped them build a software practice focused on taking physician practices digital, the the orthopedic surgeons, their practices, take them digital. Um, And we were able to put together a suite of solutions to um, take all the paper out of the practice. And and this was probably 15 plus years ago. And it was really an interesting market to be in to help that transformation begin. And I never really left. It's been... um, heck of a journey for me across ambulatory, acute, non-acute, post-acute, payer, all kinds of different systems, um, building them, bringing them to market, and then watching the customers use them. It's been fun. It's a very interesting journey. So, I mean, I'm hoping a lot of the audience remembers this, but did you have any role in all those CDs that we all used to get in the mail from AOL saying, here's your free trial, sign up and, you know, try to get you hooked? (laughs) I did. Um, I did actually. I during one of my years there, I ran a program expanding AOL's presence in rural counties across the country, and I know that I bombed probably millions of people with CDs. Yeah, although you know, for what when you got them, I mean, if you used enough of them, great. But I also know, you know, I remember some folks throwing them in the microwave and just watching them spark for people who didn't realize what would happen when you throw a CD into the microwave. Right. Yeah. Uh, but kind of you were just talking about, you know, like at Simpler, you focus a lot on healthcare operations. So before kind of diving into kind of the expansive role that that might play, can you first define that for us? Yeah, um, I like to use a, a triangle metaphor, actually. So if you think about a hospital or a health system, and there are three primary systems, that they, software solutions that they use today. The EMR is the key clinical solution. Um, the rev cycle suite, if you will, it's usually more than one solution. And then the ERP. And so if those are the three corners of the triangle, the space in the middle is what we define as that hospital operation space. And any 
given hospital or health system has somewhere between 50 and 300 individual point solutions in that area, which makes for the CIO an incredible burden to manage. It causes problems from a data interoperability perspective and sharing across the whole uh, facility. And so our mission is to really create an enterprise offering in that area where we can be the single vendor of choice for a, a hospital or health system to really integrate all of those, uh, the primary sort of systems in that space uh, to make their jobs easier and um, make it less expensive for them, quite frankly. So kind of what goes into that process of trying to integrate you know, the, those three points of the triangle, which I suspect are all fairly different operating systems and, uh, you know, how kind of their own uh, views on trying to maintain control over their aspect of operations. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because um, if you think about the need to share data across a hospital enterprise, the clinical data source of truth is the EMR. The ERP serves as the financial source of truth and RevCycle sort of as the payment billing source of truth. In the middle, you have other sources of truth um, that can be used for different purposes, like a credentialing system can serve as the primary source of truth on providers. Um, Contract management application then gives you the ability to manage all of your contracts and parse them. Um, a spend management solution helps the CFO and the supply chain team manage how they spend their money. And so in that hospital operations space is the opportunity to integrate the various sources of truth and provide that information back to the hospital or health system so that they can make better decisions or move faster as they are looking for ways to operate more efficiently. So kind of what are the challenges of ensuring that there isn't kind of modification to the data or, you know, other events that could uh, raise questions as to whether or not it is still trustworthy? Uh, anytime you, that's a real good question. Anytime you share data, there's always the risk of corruption in one direction or another. Um, the path that we've been taking, and fortunately most of the industry has been trying to take, is leveraging standards uh, to ensure that we're sharing information in, in the proper way. HL7, FHIR, other standards like that all come into play, and it gives us the opportunity to really hold each other accountable for doing it the right way and making it easier for the customer. You know, it, there's always the temptation from a vendor perspective to do it their way. Hey, this is our data format. This is how we store it. This is how we want to exchange it. But the reality is that only benefits you as the vendor. The customer benefits when you, you leverage the actual standard, and then it makes it easier for the customer to benefit because then you can exchange information theoretically with any other vendor that's out there. So and kind of with the standards that you're referencing, you know, I think to some degree, people are probably aware that you know, there are some of the newer regulations are adopting those standards as a baseline. But kind of beyond that push, you know, where does the industry stand in terms of acceptance of like HL7 or FHIR, or is there another one that might be coming down the road? I, you know, I think um, every trend that I've seen is that the industry is adopting the standards and coming to the realization that they just have to. 
I know internally in our conversations, we are always looking for ways to leverage the standards because it just makes things easier. And um, why fight with another company or with your customer if you don't have to? And I think that's really the, the key to leveraging the standards is because it takes the friction out of the whole process. And it just makes a better experience for everybody. And it's quite frankly, the biggest one is that it saves the customer money. Because if you think about doing a custom integration, that's a time and materials kind of effort and always costs a lot of money and it's risky. But if you're integrating using common standards or a common integration broker tool that's out there like MuleSoft or Lineate or you know, whatever, those types of things make it super easy for the systems to talk to each other and it saves everybody time and money. Yeah, and kind of the point that you just raised of, you know, it makes it easier for the system or the hospital, which is the end, usually the end customer for most of these solutions. You know, if they're making that customer happier, they're more likely to continue to use the service Absolutely. and, you know, not look for someone that's not going to be causing that friction. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, and then kind of as you're thinking about, you know, helping with the, you know, integrating and intersecting all the different systems, you know, how do you see that end up pushing out to an impact on patient care or just general kind of care delivery operations? Well, I, it, it manifests in a couple of different ways. Let's say you manage to put all your systems together and you can integrate them fairly easily. That flow of information enables the right information to reach the right person at the right time to deliver better care is ultimately the goal. The other benefit, which is a little bit less obvious, is that if you take the friction out of a system and you save people time and make them more effective, especially in the operation space, so the back office, if you will, of a hospital or health system, that enables the freeing of resources and resources could be time, it could be money, it could be people to deliver and focus on care. And so while most of our offerings don't actually touch the patient, we have a few that do, but most don't, we know that we're enabling care because we're making our customers day to day easier and more efficient. Yeah. It kind of, it's, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is by, as you said, making back office and administrative operations more efficient and drawing less unnecessary or, you know, kind of potentially wasteful attention, it allows time to be spent more on the care delivery and the, you know, what should, you know, ultimately the mission of most healthcare organizations, which is, you know, helping patients and improving health. That's it. That's exactly it. So kind of, as you're thinking about that kind of in promoting efficiency, you know, what would you say are the easiest areas to address? And then what are the hardest areas um, to be able to drive efficiency for? The easiest ones are um, anything that's a workflow. Um, workflows where you're doing a process that has a series of steps. Um, the whole point of software is to make those easy. And so as a as a basically most of our solutions are workflow systems, our job is to work with our customers, figure out how do you make that process easier. Um, you can gain a ton of time and efficiency simply by making those processes easier. The, the other part of it 
where the friction really comes into play and the challenges is when you need to get systems or solutions to talk to each other. And when you're spanning across multiple departments within a hospital or health system, and you are trying to exchange data between them, that's where the friction really is. And that's where you can make the most impact. If you think about a, let's say, let's just take a patient safety incident as an example. Something happens and that incident gets recorded into the patient safety solution. When an investigation occurs, you can imagine the the need to gather information about what happened. So I want to understand the staff that was on duty at the time and interacting with the patient. What is their training background? What's their credentialing and privileging background? What contracts do we have in place with them? What um, vendor representatives happen to be on site while something happened? Are they credentialed? Um, what kind of equipment was being used? And so each of those types, each of those pieces of information today requires a phone call or an email to some other part of the organization to say, hey, can you send me whatever it is? And that takes time. And sometimes that information comes back and it's not in the right format or it's not complete or um, you can't upload it into your system or whatever the case may be. Imagine the ability then for all of that data exchange to happen behind the scenes and happen automatically. And so if you can connect that enterprise and you can get all of those systems to talk to each other, leveraging standards and the right way to integrate them and exchange data, the life of the people that are working in the hospital and the health system becomes immensely easier because you're starting a process, you're starting a workflow, and the necessary information that you need to do your job is already there. That's the goal that I'm pushing us towards, is how do we create that connected enterprise and how do we share information across it to make our customers day-to-day easier and more effective? Yeah, no, and I think that's, those are some great examples because as you said, if you can bring all of that information together in the background, you know, just that description you said of you know, having to make you know, various phone calls or send probably multiple emails or you know, whatever that process is, just to get each data point to bring it all together, you know, you know, again, as you were saying, if you ha- have that happening automatically in the background, you know, just kind of hearing it out loud should hopefully make it obvious the impact that that can have. That's right. And and so then you can, and then you go back to that whole thing that I started with is now you've got 50 to 300 different systems where you have to do, you have to operate across all of those. And it just is exponentially magnified. So uh, we believe um, in our and how we're, our long-term strategy really is about how do we tie all of our solutions together with the ecosystem in our customer's environment because we're under no illusion that we're going to provide every single solution. How do we make it better for everybody? Yeah, no, that sounds like a very good and uh, ambitious goal because I suspect yeah. it's not nearly as easy as you're making it sound. No, it's not, but it, you know, I think it's, it's really resonating well with our customers. We've got a ton of validation from CIOs, CMOs, who all completely buy into the vision and are really helping guide us as we move forward through this journey. Yeah, no, that that definitely sounds like, as I said, a great goal. And for those of you just joining, I'm talking with Brian Fajer of Simpler. I've been talking about healthcare operations and bringing data together. And kind of, Brian, I'd kind of like to shift slightly, but think about, you know, as you're 
we're just as you were just talking about, you know, trying to bring all those disparate pieces of data together, or, you know, maybe their data silos and break them down and bring them together. You know, how is all of like the merger and ac acquisition activity within healthcare impacting that? Because it's, you know, as you've been talking about it, you've been or maybe I'm incorrectly implying this, but it seems like you're probably talking about all within one system. What happens when you're merging two different entities together that, you know, even if they arguably have the same software running each, uh, each of those different areas, they probably have different instances or different iterations that don't talk the same way. You're right. Uh, and that M&A activity takes a place on both sides, actually, both on the hospital side and on the vendor side. And so on the hot, actually, we was talking to a customer yesterday and we were talking about their EMRs and they're a big um, health system up in the Northeast. And, and she was saying that through all the acquisitions that they've done over the past few years, they have somewhere between five and 10 different instances of EMRs that don't talk to each other. And so they have this now this big corporate initiative to get down to a single source of, source of clinical truth. So one EMR instance to, to basically rule them all. Um, the same thing happens on the vendor side because as the vendors grow and they go through, grow through M&A activity, they face a very similar challenge of how do you get all these systems to, tie, to talk to each other? How do you get them to have a common look and feel to make it easier for the customer? Um, how do you get to a common set of pricing? And so both sides of the equation are facing challenges from an M&A perspective of, of putting multiple systems together in a way that makes it easier for each side to operate and to help each other get better. So as you're kind of going through that process, have you seen any best practices or uh, you know, other strat or, or maybe certain strategies that can help with that evaluation process? So if you, if you think about the M&A activities that are occurring on both sides, the hospital is going through consolidation, the vendor side also goes through M&A activity. Both of them are faced with a very similar conundrum. And that is, I've got multiple choices and multiple systems that I need to work with. Which one is my go for? And the, the practice that we've adopted and I've seen other, others use and our, even some of our customers use is really to use the best of. What's the best of the choices that you have to go forward? Maybe it's the thing that you've been using all along, your incumbent solution, or maybe it's the new thing that you just acquired. But the best of sets you and your organization up for the best chance of success in the future. So do you see people having those discussions to try and figure out what the best one, best option might be doing that ahead of time as you're going through the M&A discussions? Or is that something that ends up kind of once the deal is closed and everyone goes, oh, I didn't realize we had all these different systems coming together. Now kind of arguably scrambling at that point to figure out what to do. Most of the behavior I've seen watching the hospital consolidation is it's an after purchase process. Most consolidation decisions occur once the acquisition has closed, the new leadership team is put in place, and then they start running through the decision-making process of, of how are we going to bring these various solutions together? Yeah, and do you think the process would you know, be made more efficient or be helped if those discussions were able to start in the pre-merger um, phase while the organizations were kind of talking 
talking about what it's going to look like and what the deal and how the deal might be structured? Yeah, I mean, more time is better. The earlier you can start is better. I think, though, that the reality is that the politics of mergers and acquisitions um, lends itself to dealing with these issues a little bit later, usually post-close, once the leadership team gets cemented in place. Yeah, no, that that's definitely fair enough. It's uh, you know, ha- having been involved on the, in the negotiation of the deals, it's you're focusing on the the, I will say, higher level business terms, and then right. you know you might get kind of the the different departments starting to talk with each other, right. but you don't want to, you know, to some degree you don't want to get the cart in front of the horse and start doing stuff before you actually have ink on paper uh, for the deal. Right, right, and that's really how it goes. You're right about that. Yeah, so kind of thinking about that then, what do you see as kind of a typical timeline for in working through all those decisions and getting to a point where you end up with, I guess, ideally full integration, although with the appreciation that full integration is probably in reality never actually going to happen? I think it's a multi-year process, um, especially if you think about a hospital or health system and how many solutions they have. Uh, again, 50 to 300, and that doesn't even count the EMRs and RevCycle and the ERPs. Each one of those is oftentimes a a year to a multi-year process and decision-making evaluation. And so you could see like a large-scale merger taking five to 10 years before all the systems are truly integrated, or at least down to one. Yeah, no, and I I think kind of calling out that it will take years is, you know, something that you know, people should be aware of because I think the feeling is, oh, we should go through this and you know and get it taken care of, or there you can end up getting frustration that oh, this is taking so long, and maybe we just should just forget trying to integrate and we'll just keep operating separate systems. There is always that temptation, but ultimately, uh, it will cost you more in time and in money, and it's always better to go through the pain and get it down to one where you can optimize around that. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great point. And it's, uh, you know, kind of also, as you were saying, it, it it does take, you know, folks coming together, discussing it, and kind of mapping out what the different scenarios could look like to, as you had said, find what's the best option, or right. what's the best solution that's currently in place that we need that, you know, arguably should be pushed out across the board. Yeah, that's right. So kind of, you know, thinking about all those things, you know, it sounds like another kind of component of the challenge is, you know, the historical data silos that have existed. You know, so kind of with all of this discussion around integration and getting different systems communicating, you know, have you seen progress from the perspective of having that be the setup from the get-go as newer system as new systems are implemented? Or is it still that silos are being created with each tool and then after the fact, you're looking to break them apart. I think we're starting to see a change. Um, and a lot of it is being driven by the regulatory pressure being applied on the industry to open up and make it easier to share data, make it easier for patients to own their own data. And as a result, even though every vendor is going to have their own method for acquiring and storing data in their system, getting it out and exchanging it through standards-based integrations 
is becoming more and more prevalent. And I think most vendors have come to the conclusion that it's just easier for everybody, for them and for the customer. Um, so following and using standards is really just becoming the way that people are doing business now. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a fair point. It, you know, as kind of as you're just saying, it's you know, the regulations are pushing in that direction. So it, you know, if you're not kind of playing ball on that field, you might find other pressures or um, you know, people beyond just your potential customers coming, you know, coming into the into play and saying you need to start changing what you're doing here. We're what we're also see, you're right, and what we're also seeing is that the customers are beginning to truly demand interoperability and integration, and um, they're becoming extremely savvy on the technologies that are used there, the standards that are being used and ensuring that the vendors play ball because it, they can't do what they need to do without that. Yeah, no, the, I think the, you know, the kind of fear of enforcement or uh, being told, you know, kind of as you're saying, it can be a, a good spur, especially when people understand that the regulatory agencies are paying attention. Right. So, Brian, believe it or not, we're already almost at the end of our time. So I've got kind of one final question, which is, you know, what do you think is the biggest challenge um, that will be addressed over the next few years? I think the challenge that the industry is facing today around labor shortages and labor management um, will continue for a while and will be one that we're all working on. Any of us that touch labor um, will be working on this one for a while. The nature of work is changing for everybody, no matter what industry you're in, and that includes hospitals and healthcare in general. And the systems that are in place today are not keeping up with that change. It's just happening so fast. And uh, that's forcing hospitals and health systems to rethink how they engage with their workforce, what the nature of their workforce is, how they pay them, how much they pay them, how they schedule them, what kind of benefits they offer. All of that then translates into the operational side of how do we put them to work and what does that look like? And the solutions that the vendor community provide to help with that have to be able to keep up with that challenge. And that's gonna be a major focus for a while. Um, just to keep the labor force engaged and managed in a cost-effective manner is going to be a top priority for the CIOs in particular for year for a few years at least. Yeah, no, I think as you said, that is a significant challenge to pay attention to and will hopefully be addressed well. But as I said, believe it or not, we are out of time. Uh, so I want to thank my guest Brian Fugere for a great conversation today. Thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun. And thank you to everyone listening. Keep the dialogue going and connect with me at hashtag HCDEJURE. I'm Matt Fisher. Until next time.